Hanging out with you on a Monday morning. Big thanks to Martin Xavier Houston getting the day started with the Martin Houston Show. You have them weekday 6 until 7. We have Wimp and Barry Sanderson on inside the locker room. From 7 to 9, we had Gary Harris just wrapped up the Gary Harris Show. You heard him from 9 to 11. I'll be with you till noon. We'll pass it off to Big Noon Sports. We'll have Matt Coulter and Christian Miller today. We'll have Ryan Fowler at 2 o'clock. And we'll finish it on up with Stingray, Trent Richardson, and Chuck Oliver tonight. So keep it locked into Tide 100.9. We'll be live and local all day long. It's the best way to keep up with all your Alabama Crimson Tide news, downloading that Tide 100.9 app. You can jump in and join the show today at Tide 109, at Septimus underscore 40, at Joe Gaither 6. You can send us your uh, comments, questions, queries, and complaints on the Twitter machine right there. Or jump in on the Derry Daniel State Farm hotline at 205-342-9904. Derry Daniel proudly represents the program. Derry Daniel State Farm. You can find him at 1214 McFarland Boulevard Northeast. As you're going down McFarland, you got the softball stadium right there on your left. Go about another half mile uh, right over over the bridge, my man Derry Daniel is on the left-hand side, 1214 McFarland Boulevard, right next to First Federal Bank. He'll be able to take care of you with all your home, life, and auto insurance needs. You need renter's insurance. You need trailer insurance. It's summertime. You need boat insurance. You're buying that brand-new boat or RV Derek Daniel can insure all your needs. Uh, get, go, by, go by him and see him today or call him at 205-758-3391. Like a good neighbor, Derek Daniel is there. All right, we're going to have a fun Monday today. Hopefully, you're going to have a good Monday today. What are we going to get into today? We're going to get into whatever we saw over the weekend. We're going to react to the Alabama Diamond Sports uh, one wrapping up for the year. One almost done. Uh, the Diamond Sports uh, have obviously dominated the, the news, uh, basically, because if you are living under a rock, Alabama baseball fired his coach last week uh, amid gambling scandals. Well, how did the baseball team react to uh, its first series without Brad Bohannon? Oh, they only won the series against number five, number five, number five, Vanderbilt. Uh, they, they, they took down Vanderbilt two games to one. They beat them 11 to two on Thursday, two to one on Saturday. Unfortunately, did lose one to four, four to one on, on, on Friday. But come on, they're the number five, again, number five team in the nation. Uh, and so I wonder, man, is this baseball team, has the baseball team uh, been held back? <laughs> over the last couple of years or over, the, over this season? Has the baseball team been held back or was this just perfect storm of the guys playing well together this weekend? Uh, should we raise our expectations for this baseball team for the last couple of weeks of the season? <laughs> I think it could be a little bit of both. I don't know. I, I don't think it's so much being held back as maybe they feel like, you know, finally, we, like maybe maybe they maybe they feel like they've been held been held back and maybe you know they know the situation obviously much better than we do still despite all the information that has come out but um you know maybe they were being held back it's apparent that he bet multiple times so who knows multiple times this season they could have you know many personnel changes or maybe in-game decisions yeah directly uh made with the purpose of them losing by their head coach well well, let's talk about this up Let's talk about the you because you've seen the, the, the team more than I have. I, I, I would say I'll be honest. Um, a lot of complaints that I have been hearing from baseball fans, from Alabama baseball fans, from students who go to the game, from fans who watch all the games, from the Twitter heads. I, I pay attention to all the, all the chatter. A lot of the complaints that I hear is, "Oh, we're pulling pitchers too early. We're not letting them get into games. We're pulling pitchers too early. Our, 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 our pitching decisions are are questionable. Are not uh, not 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 the best timing." Well, uh, on on Thursday night, I went on Thursday night, and uh, Luke Holman went seven innings and, and pitched very very well, and then they. Ended up having uh, Alton Davis and, and a closer shut it down two innings bam bam, bam. set up man and, and, and a closer so it was like 
exactly what you'd want pitching one-on-one. Now, I'm, I'm, I'm basic. Uh, I, I have basic knowledge of baseball, but I want my starter to go five, six, seven innings if they're, if they're, play, if they're, if they're pitching well. And I look at the Saturday box score, and our man J- Jacob McNary went six innings. Six innings, Cade, uh, and then they brought in uh, Cade Woods and Alden Davis to, to, to shut it on down. This seems at least strategically over the weekend, like a small change, a small change, letting the starter go a little bit longer in the game. Uh, but you have to just give the guys a lot of credit. Jacob McNary only giving up one run throughout his Saturday appearance. And then everybody battling, battling through the lineup. You, you had Drew Williamson with a, with a home run in the, uh, in the fourth inning. And uh, Max said, Thank you so much for uh, for uh, pra- praise the Lord, that, Lord that you are healthy after two weekends or after last weekend's incident getting hit in the neck with a baseball. Uh, Max Gusset ha- uh, homering in the eighth inning. So it seems like a real grinded out. We're a quality team kind of a win uh, on on Saturday. Yeah, I mean, regardless of whether they were, had been directly previously held back or not, they they went into that series with some fire. I mean, literally the first day of the, the first game of the series was on the day he was fired <laughs> i mean and they, just and the right first two ba- and they won yeah the first like, two innings they load the bases in both innings <laughs> right they and they were played with fire i think that's i think that's more than anything the reason why they won this series and you know i, I think most people who have looked at this team and followed this team even remotely know that there's a good team in there somewhere you know they've shown signs of being a good baseball team you know we've got pieces it's just more the consistency and you know, like like so many teams, you know, so many teams that struggle with mediocrity. It's oh well, they're good. They just struggle with consistency. You could say that about Alabama baseball, and you know, it is just one series. But I'd be interested to see you know what comes after you know, you know, you got to think it's a huge, huge momentum boost to win you know a series against Vanderbilt for the first time in what over a decade. Well, imagine, yeah, exactly. Imagine, uh, Sep, we're all on a team. We're all ball, we're all hanging out. Whatever sport it doesn't matter. We might be. We might even just be playing. You know, <laughs> we might even just be playing bags. What's the uh, the real name? Cornhole. For Cornhole. Thank you. Thank, thank, thank you. Yes, I knew it was the real name. But you might. We might be like. It doesn't matter what you're playing. Anytime, if you have a teammate, and yes, but Coach Bo is, was the coach, but essentially he's a member of the team, a teammate who is sabotaging the group, and then you can, and then you realize you out the guy. You we, we find the rat. We find the rat. We finally found the rat, and and you excommunicate the rat from the group. Obviously, the group is going to be excited about going forward together. It's going to be like, yeah, we, we snuffed out, you know, <laughs> the spy, the Benedict Arnold. I mean, it's, it's amazing. It's just it's such a unique situation. I mean, it's just something that doesn't happen. Like, you know, that's why I think there's going to be so much to talk about with this case, because it's like, when has this happened? Like, what is the precedent for this? Like, you know, how do we look at a coach cheating his team for years, probably like, it's just there's no telling it's yeah it's just a crazy crazy case but you know all the credit in the world to this baseball team for getting a tremendous series win against a very quality opponent in Vanderbilt I mean this is the number five team in the country that they went out and won a series against you know and regardless of all the you know one could say off the field drama one could say on the field drama but um regardless of all that it's a good series win it's got to be a good motivation for them going forward, and I'm curious to see how they respond going down the stretch in this season. Yeah, I'm actually um, this may I'm actually intrigued with Alabama baseball at this point the rest of the year. I'm actually going to be interested to to really pay attention to these games. I must be honest with you, the listener. I was more so over the last year, two years, just scoreboard watching up five to one, up one to four, up four to two. You know, whatever the case may be. Uh, but no, I will be I'll be uh, diving into these last what two, three, six, seven games. Seven games left this year. Uh, we're playing Troy tomorrow. Troy tomorrow down in Montgomery, and then we're going out to Texas A&M. College Station uh, for the week, for this coming up weekend, and then we will finish at home next weekend uh, right here against Ole Miss, the defending national champions. So you're going to have to uh, be coming out in droves that final series to support this Alabama baseball team. Uh, I think they absolutely deserve it. I think that they've clearly been given a, been, been dealt a difficult hand, and for us as fans, for us as, as supporters of the program, our only job is to uh, our only job is to support these players. 
Raiders. So let's get out there next uh, next weekend, next weekend when Ole Miss comes to town and support these players. Whether they win or lose, from here on out, let's do our jobs. Dude, the tickets are cheap. The tickets are dirt cheap. No exactly. Sure. I'm, I'm going to be there. I'm already planning on it. Like, show up and support these guys. Exactly. Dirt cheap. They've been given a raw, a raw hand. Go out there. They're wearing your Alabama uniforms, and they're trying to represent uh, the Alabama Crimson Tide at, at, by, by playing well and playing at a high standard. So I, I encourage you all, May 18th, the last, the last home series, 18th, 19th, 20th, uh, 6 p.m., 6 p.m., and 2 p.m. on those Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Uh, I encourage you to get out here. Tickets are literally dirt cheap. It was such a great experience uh, on this past Thursday getting out there. The weather was so perfect. The Joe is a beautiful venue. The, t- the team's playing hard. I mean, come on. The team's playing hard. Yeah, so, so it was a great, a great experience uh, watching them take down Vanderbilt this weekend. All right, let's spin on a little bit to the other diamond sport before we hit our break. Alabama softball wraps up its regular season. Wraps up its regular season by uh, taking on taking on Ole Miss, and they they almost had the series sweep. They almost had their second sweep of the of the season. There, uh, but but they ended up losing to Ole Miss on on Sunday f- f- five to four. Uh, Miss Montana Fouts, a perfect game on Friday night nine to zero. They win again three to one, and then they're up. Oh my gosh, you're up four to one. You're up four to one in uh, I think the seventh inning, the sixth, the seventh inning, and Jayla Torrance, <sighs> Jayla back to back home runs. He gives up, then you bring it, you bring in Montana Fouts, and Montana unfortunately cannot shut it down, uh, and, and Ole Miss wins the game to to steal one uh, one game away from the tide. Ugh. The softball season's been. <laughs> Disappointing. Let's all be honest. It's been disappointing. They, they're 38 and 17. They're 38 and 17. It's the most regular season losses that the team, that the program has suffered since 2018. Ugh, that's not a good stat to match. That's not a good stat to, uh, to, to, to be, to be putting yourself in that company here. What's next for them? Because that's really like, okay, the regular season is to bed. It was an underwhelming regular season. You finished fifth in the SEC. You finished fifth, fifth in the league, so you're going into the tournament, SEC tournament at Arkansas, and Woopig Suey Razorbacks are hosting, and you got a hard draw. Well, you did it to yourself, Alabama. I'm sorry, but you did get a hard draw. draw. You got the, the obviously you skip the uh, the opening game. Or the, 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 you get the first bye uh, because you're not as bad as Mississippi State and Missouri. You're going to play the Mississippi, Mississippi State and Missouri winner on Wednesday at 4 p.m. You're going to be able to watch it on SEC Network. You're going to be able to listen to it on 97.5, MeTV 97.5, the old Nick 97.5, right across the hallway. You can download that app right now and and listen to Tom and Gray. Wednesday at 4 o'clock. All right, so let's say, as we should, let's expect, as we should, to beat the winner of Mississippi State or Missouri. You absolutely expect to do that. I sure hope so. that, That should be in the bag, ladies. Let's do that. Well, from there, the tournament gets real rough. The tournament gets real difficult. You go and you play Arkansas next. Ooh, the home team, fourth seed, Arkansas. Not, 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 not fun. Yes, we know they won the SEC last year. Not as good of a season this year, but still an up-and-coming program in the SEC, pushing Alabama and finishing ahead of Alabama this, this coming up here. All right, let's say you do. Let's say you, you beat Arkansas, uh, a game you could win, you can win. It's not going to be a foregone conclusion like the Mississippi State-Missouri game, but you can absolutely win it. If you play well, you have a good, a good appearance in the circle, you can win. You can beat, you can beat Arkansas out over there in Fayetteville. Then after that, oh, it gets hard. It gets hard because... You have to play the number one seed, Tennessee. You're playing Tennessee, and uh, you you last played Tennessee in March, and they beat you two out of three. But really, the girls have a hard road this weekend. Uh, Have a hard road. But can they win the SEC? Yes. I mean, well, that's been the frustrating part about this about, about this program this, this year is there's talent on this Alabama softball team. There's a lot of talent on this Alabama softball team. You, I mean, you start with Miss, Miss Perfect, the people's queen, Montana Fouts, another perfect game this weekend. And you, you, like, you have college, college softball's best pitcher on your, on your arsenal, on your, on your roster. Now, you want to get a little more action from the bats? You do. You've wanted that for two years now. You want to get more action from the plate. But... This team has a lot of talent, and it, on the on the right day, look, it can beat anybody in the country. Maybe not Oklahoma, maybe not, but 
That's what's been so frustrating stuff about this season is that the talent, I think, is there. The juice just hasn't – they haven't gotten a lot. You haven't squeezed all the juice out of this orange, out of this fruit uh, that is this season. And so it's, it's been a little underwhelming. But, look, you wipe the slate clean, you wipe it all the way clean, and you start postseason play on Wednesday. Oh, I'm hoping for a good showing this weekend in Fayetteville. Yeah, I mean, I sure hope so. I, like you said, it's definitely a winnable game. I would argue almost Alabama should win that game. I mean, that you should expect, like, they should have that hunger coming in there as the five seed versus a four seed. You know, this was a league that just a couple years ago was theirs. You know, just a couple, two, three years ago. The Alabama, seniors on this team. They remember a time when Alabama was running the SEC. And I think that they've got to, you know, light a fire. You, they've got a, the coaching staff, the leaders on the team, they got to light a fire. And they got to get back to that, st- that you know, trying to get to that standard of, you know, Arkansas. We can go in and handle Arkansas. Come on, we got to take care of business. It's go time. A thousand percent. So that's really what we're looking at on the diamond side for Alabama baseball and softball. Uh, those are really the two most active sports currently going on here, right here in Tuscaloosa. I know we're all thinking about uh, football. What, 135 days away, something like that. Uh, we will get to football. When it gets here, come on, it's going to get here. Uh, but we're going to go ahead and take our break. We'll take our break here on Cup of Joe. We'll open up our phone lines. The Cup of uh, the Derrick Daniel State Farm hotline is open at 205-342-9904. I got my man Jeff in Tennessee is on the line, but you're, there are lines available for you if you want to talk about either of the Diamond Sports. Uh, after that, we'll get into little James Harden. We'll get into the, the, the Fagans brothers out of Thompson High School, both going to Southern Cal, more NBA playoffs, Devin Booker, Suns and Nuggets. We'll, there's, I mean, so much stuff to get into through the weekend. UFC as well. So lots on our plate here. Lots in our cup on Cup of Joe. We'll be back with more right here on Tide 100.9. If you need insurance, like a good home base right here in Birmingham, Alabama. We are here treating patients from every generation across the United States and from around the world. As respected industry leaders, we are here working hard for you in an effort to provide you with excellence in sports medicine, excellence in research and education, and excellence in sports injury prevention. We are here for you, aggressively pursuing victory over injury. Learn more at andrewsportsmedicine.com. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. A warm, humid afternoon, the chance of a few scattered showers or thunderstorms through the evening hours. Behind today, 84, tonight's low 65. Tomorrow, another warm day, a mix of sun and clouds with scattered showers and storms around. The high, 85. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 78 degrees in Tuscaloosa. Coming up, Coming up on The Game with Ryan Fowler. Coming up on the Monday edition of The Game, we'll feature Barrett Salee, 3.30, CBSSports.com. We'll start at 2 o'clock. We'll cover all the headlines surrounding your Alabama Crimson Tide. All right here on The Game on Tide 100.9, the home of Alabama Crimson Tide Sports. The longest-running sports program in Tuscaloosa. The Game with Ryan Fowler. Weekdays from 2 to 6 p.m. on Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Alabama fans are all over the world, and we are too. Download the Tide 100.9 app right now in the App Store and Google Play. And take the Crimson Tide everywhere you go. Welcome back in to Cup of Joe Midday Madness on Tide 100.9. My man, Sepp Shirey and Joe Gaither hanging out with you guys for the next 30 or 40 minutes or so till noon. Love the intro song. And let me just let you know why, because a little odd. We're playing this song because apparently, apparently Doc Rivers, Philadelphia 76ers head coach, sent this song to James Harden ahead of their game yesterday. Uh, turn it up just a little bit more uh, ahead of their song, uh, ahead of the game uh, with the with the Baltimore with the Boston Celtics. Excuse me, uh, the Boston Celtics in Game Four, and this ins- this song inspired James Harden to go for 42 points, nine re- uh, eight rebounds, and nine assists. So Jeff, as we go to you on the hotline, what weird inspirational song? Would you be used? I was thinking about. It. I was like, what would I? What would fire me up? But would be like off the wall. Like, yes, you see, you pull up. You know, yeah, you, you pull up. 
we are the champions. You pull up, I will survive. You pull up, I the tiger. You pull up like a bunch of these songs. You pull, you, you pull up, he's going the distance, like a bunch of these like popular songs. That one's not it. Uh, but apparently that was the right button to push for Doc Rivers yesterday, getting 42 points out of James Harden. Mr. Jeff in Tennessee, you're up next on the Derek Daniel State Farm Hotline. How's your weekend? How's your Monday, brother? Oh, uh, well, you know, it's pretty crazy. I've been trying to fight them, them, them mosquitoes called Swifties up there nationally. Oh, yes. Uh, I had some friends up there Saturday and then obviously yesterday, Sunday. Uh, well, you, you did, did they get it? Did it rain out yesterday? No, let me, let me tell you what happened. They, it's supposed to start at seven. Yeah. They, she, she didn't. They, they delayed it because they had big thunder and lightning storm up here. It was pouring. They, they didn't. They, they didn't. She didn't. She didn't come out there at ten o'clock. For 10 o'clock. <laughs> she played. She played for three and a half. It didn't end until one thirty a.m. Good for her. No, no, no. Listen. So everybody, everybody's trying to get out of there. Of course, traffic's like. Superstar, she is. What a well, yeah, oh, yeah, it was, yeah. Well, well, one woman said it was worth it. I, I, I feel like this one woman said she sings about porn and dancing in the rain. I wonder if she sings about being electrocuted in the rain with a lightning bolt. Well, I, okay, I had a couple friends go up and see Swifty this weekend, and they said uh, it was absolutely worth it. They didn't. They they, they saw they saw her on what, Saturday. What, 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 what Saturday. What they pay? Uh, just, no, nah, just under four. Just under four hundred. So I think she got a they good got, deal. They got, they, got, they got more money than me and you. I can take. Yeah, I, I, I ain't would, paying four hundred to see I her. Pay, I wouldn't pay four dollars to see her. I can well, that. I'd pay four dollars to see her, but I but I that come pay, on. I wouldn't pay four. I wouldn't pay four dollars. <laughs> how, how much those baseball tickets? Twenty five cents. Oh my gosh, Jeff! You need to come see him uh, because how, you, how much are they? Twenty five? Y'all going to three, nineteen ten three, prices? Three bucks, bro. Three bucks, pretty good. We we we, we have two dollar Tuesdays up here. Going to the three three dollars will get you in the door, and then you can well, buy we, your we, nine dollar beers. We we have two dollar too. We have two dollar hot dogs, two dollar drinks, two dollar two dollar tickets. So we got two dollar Tuesdays up here. Sounds like I'll be there on two, tomorrow, Jeff. I'll be up well, there. They don't, they, don't have, they don't have a game Tuesday. Dang it! You can come back next. Tuesday. When's the next? All right, next Tuesday. Will you ho- will you put me up? Well, no, they don't play. They don't have any midweek there. The season's almost over, so they got turn. Oh, that's a they great. Got, they got hey, two more. Let's they put do on. play. They do play UAB this weekend. I'll come up and watch them play UAB. This Let's put on this great promotion on the on one night of the week that we barely ever play on. <laughs> well, no, they play. They play. They play I'm they just play teasing you, Jeff. I'm I just know. Teasing. I know. I understand. But let me tell you something. And, and your softball team, you got to be down sometimes. You can't win all. Of You're right. You're right. I mean, you know, somebody have me ask this. Will, will, they host, will they host the regional? Mm. Will they? Oh, uh, I think that'll be close. I mean, they finished fifth and the fifth or fourth. I mean, I mean, my Wildcats, they got to play Florida. They just got through playing them. So if they win, they play Tennessee. That's a, that's a tough, that's a, that's a hard draw. It is three. Kentucky will be in the tournament, but they're not going to do much. They, they haven't pitched very well all year. And when you lose a series, to be, when you lose Mississippi State in softball, you That ain't good. Bottom. Yeah, that ain't good. Uh, my, yeah, do that. you have any bats we can borrow? You got any bats? Because we got enough pitching. We need some bats, bro. Well, you, you can't borrow Kayla Tawai. She's already she's taken. You Uh-oh. can't borrow her. You, 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 you need Joe Montana Fouts to get up there and hit. <laughs> if, if she could, or, I'm she, sure she would. Or, 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 or is it Montana Dan Fouts? I'm not sure which one. Dan Fouts or Joe Montana. I, don't know which one. I like Joe Montana Fouts best. Well, I mean, you know, Joe Montana's better than Dan Fouts, I guess. Well, yeah. I, I mean, you know, Dan Fouts Dan Fouts played the heat. Joe Montana couldn't do that. Mont- uh, Montana's a pretty damn good pitcher, man. She, she's, oh, historic yeah, level. Yeah, what's, what's, what's her ERA this year? Oh, uh, let me find, uh, give, uh, filibuster about two seconds and I'll give it to you. I'll, 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 I'll hang on you, Tim. <laughs> 6-1-1-2. 6-1-2? Uh, no way. 
Oh, I bet you it's under three. Let's see. I'll pull out my stat- statistics. Oh, come on. Work with me. Web. There we go. Work with me. Rolltide.com. Uh, Miss Montana Fouts ERA is 144 this season. Uh, wow. Woo. That's I pretty good. Boy, she's she's tearing one point. Yeah, I'm right. Oh, average one five. Oh, yeah, she's awful. Awful, one, one, terrible one. Four, one point four or four. Woo! God, she ought to go down to junior college. She's, she's only, only struck down, out. She's going down to. Hey, she ought to go down to Wawa State Hansel. She's the game down there. She's, she's only struck out uh, two hundred ninety-two batters this year. Uh, I know she 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 might play. She might start for Wawa State pretty soon. And her batting the batters are only averaging uh, one fifty-nine in the uh, hey, in the hey, box. She, hey, she's she's going to print a model against Jack Daniels that weekend. Print a model against Jack Daniels. I think she's I, I think she's doing just fine. I think she. But well, she's doing just fine. Y'all hang in there and have a good week. See you y'all. Too. Roll Tide. That's Jeff in Tennessee. God. Oh, man. 144? I think that's pretty good. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. I think that's pretty good uh, on, on the ERA. All right. Let's um take a pause. Take a reset. We're going to get we're, we're going to go into the NBA from last night, from the last really over the weekend. Um, Let's let's talk about James Harden because that's where I want to start real, real quick because James Harden in game one of this current series against the Boston Celtics and all yesterday in game four of this current series against the Boston Celtics really showed out really had an amazing uh, two two amazing games to and, and Sep, you put it correctly to me uh, b- b- before we got on two of the best games of his career uh, contrasted with two of the worst games of his career and. There's been a lot of a lot of talk about James Harden, a lot of talk about his effectiveness, his usage rate, and and really what he's capable of, and what 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 his best role is for this uh, Philadelphia 76ers team. Look, I know it's Joel Embiid's team. We all know it's Joel Embiid's team. It was Embiid's team before he got there, and still Embiid's team. But I think Embiid maybe. Oh, and I think you saw this yesterday to a degree. Uh, I think a B maybe needs to say, you know what? Maybe you are our big star, our scorer. Uh, maybe you need to drive the offense, and I need to, you know, do the dirty work, clean up, offensive rebound, get put backs, you know, be, be that man of the paint. Look, Joel Embiid is an amazing athlete. He's an amazing basketball player. But I don't like watching him play. I don't like watch aesthetically. Aesthetically, I don't watch him watching him play because he catches the ball at the elbow. Everybody clears out, and then he gives you that butt, butt, rear end, rear end, all the way down. And then, it, and of course, that's the old school. That's a lot of old school basketball, and and people like that. But it's like standing around and watch Joel Embiid uh, bump his way down into the post. All right, you're seven foot three. You're a big old man. You have wide shoulders and a wide, wide rear end. I, I you know, that's, that's that is conducive to your style of play. No, no, no disrespect. But I don't love it. Um, I also don't love it when I see you, Joel Embiid, catching and shooting from the wing on a three point shot. He's just an odd, awkward bat. Now that's just probably me. That's probably my fault, not Joel. He's just an odd basketball player uh, aesthetically, uh, very, very similar to Jokic. But a Jokic kind of plays more like his body style, in my opinion, than, than Embiid. Embiid is so wild. It's so He's still so raw. Remember, he, had to, he didn't start playing basketball until, what, he was a junior in high school, uh, somewhere in that range, until he was uh, past past puberty, past puberty. Uh, I, look, I like Embiid. I, I think he's obviously the MVP of the season, but he's I think the team works better if Harden is the one. I think the team works better if Harden is the driver, is the leader of the team, at least on the offensive on the offensive side of the floor. Maybe not vocally, maybe not uh, you know in the huddle, but I think leading the offense, Harden's ability to distribute to to get to the rim. Look, people say, oh, he hasn't been able to get to the rim over the last three years. No, he's just neglected that part of his game because he's really just tried to fit into Joel Embiid's team. It's Joel Embiid's team. I've, you know, I had my shot with my team in Houston. We did okay. We got to the conference finals a couple times, but never ne- never got over that hump. I got traded, or I wanted out. I, I went to New Jersey, and I wanted to fit in. I wanted to fit in with Kyrie, and I wanted to fit in with KD. That, that New Jersey team was loaded. And Harden didn't want to be the the reason why it didn't succeed. Now, the reason why it didn't succeed in New Jersey was Kyrie's weird, weird, weird idiosyncrasies. I just, want, I just want to say, bring it up. It's Brooklyn, Brooklyn Nets. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I've done you've said New Jersey like five times. times. <laughs> You're right. But yeah, no. To your point, I like, still think it's T-shirts. <laughs> You're mean, right. It's thank believe you. me. I'm 23, and even in my mind, I sometimes slip up, but. 
yeah, to your point, Harden's There's, been kind of a journeyman, you know, to this point in his career. And, like, he's had these teams where he had a shot in Houston to lead the team. He, you know, took a kind of back role in Brooklyn, and he's done it again. Brooklyn, I think for Brooklyn. this, I think for this series, Embiid's hurt. Harden needs to be the guy. I mean, Embiid obviously is out there, and he's giving it his all. He's not 100%, and he's not playing as well as he could be, I think, because of it. You know, and that's whatever. That is what it is. You got to get over that hump and you got to adjust. Adjusting isn't okay. Let's just, you know, throw a 80% Embiid out there who, you know, can get you most of, you know, what you need out of Embiid, but he's not going to win you a game against the Boston Celtics in the second round of the playoffs. Like, you need James Harden to step back into that vintage Harden role and just take over games like he did last night like he did in game one when there was no Embiid, you know, I think that they've, it's been proven now. Like when, when Harden is cooking, they need to let him cook and get out of the way and he will carry them to victory at least while Embiid's hurt. Because, you know, while Embiid's hampered, you don't have another option. You know, you you can expand further, but they're they're not the deepest team bench wise. I mean, they've got some guys, but it's it's a team of Harden and Embiid. So let me take it. Uh, go back to his Brooklyn days. Thank you for that correction. That's embarrassing. Uh, his Brooklyn days with with Kyrie and KD, and people would start. I mean, he started to play that third, that uh, that that supportive role even even then. And and there was a narrative. Oh, is James Harden regressing? Is he not as good? Talk about just oh the the fit, the styles of those three guys together. I mean, somebody's gonna be the odd man out. I mean, yeah, absolutely, because, I mean, when you look at it, he has history with KD, obviously, you know, at the beginning of their career. But back then, Harden was coming off the bench. James Harden in the OKC days, that's why he went to Houston is because he wasn't getting that usage with in an, in an offense that also featured, obviously, Kevin Durant and Russell Westbrook. So, you know, obviously we can look back in hindsight and say Harden's a better offensive player than Russell Westbrook overall but that's not at all what the Thunder were considering and they stuck with Russ you know they let Harden go to Houston Harden did what he did at Houston but you know back I mean people when when Harden was really flourishing in Houston I I mean I don't know if you remember this Joe but people were basically trying to do everything they could to discredit him yeah I mean he's he's changing the game in the worst possible way he drew tons of fouls. He would get into the lane and draw a lot of fouls. But, I mean, my man was averaging, like, 38, 40 points a game. He was he won he, an MVP. Right. He was incredible. And, and I'm sorry, that Houston team, you take him off that Houston team, and you see what's – I mean, yes, their team blew up without Chris Paul, Yang, and Capella as well, but – he was he was the lifeblood in that in that Houston team, and then you go, you go to you go to Brooklyn, you go to Brooklyn, and look, think about all the personalities, Kyrie, Kyrie. I mean, look, when you get all, all those personalities in a room, Kyrie pushed them all out. And James Harden, yes, you've got that big old beard, and that's kind of his personality trait. But what do we know about James Harden outside of that beard? He likes uh, strip clubs and wings. That's pretty much. All I've got on James Harden. What, 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 what kind of scandal? What kind of weirdness? What kind of, oh, he's a jerk. He's not a good teammate. I, there's none of that in his history. There's none of that weirdness. So I, I would imagine the on that team bus, whatever Kyrie and KD says goes. Whatever Kyrie and KD says. And, and Harden, you know, he could, he could chime in. But the, the, he's not the strongest of the three personalities. Kyrie is obviously the strongest of the three personalities. And then you go, you're like, all right, well, uh, this is not working out for me. Uh, let's get traded. And d- look, Philadelphia, to send Ben Simmons away and to bring in James Harden, oh, masterful. Masterful move because what's Ben Simmons done the last two years? Sit on the bench and uh, be in his brain. And no, no disrespect, I've been in my brain before. It's not a fun place to be. But, like, come on, we got to get out of it. We got to get out of your brain and onto the court. Come on, brother. I, ooh, you got to get out of your brain and onto the radio, Joe. Come on, let's let's do that. Uh, ben Simmons, you got to get back out there. But, but uh, on the trade, just uh, evaluating the trade, Philadelphia wiped the floor. Wiped the floor with Brooklyn. And now you bring in Harden, and Harden's like, all right, I want to fit in. You got Tobias Harris, you got Joel Embiid, you've got good players here in Philadelphia. You've been to the Eastern Conference Finals before me when you had when you had Jimmy Butler. You've you've had good players. You've got a good thing working. I mean, we all remember the the process tanking. How many years Philadelphia was terrible to get to the last five six years of them being really competitive at a high level. He doesn't want to ruin that. I I think that Joel Embiid, or I think that James Harden, is. 
a really mature player, honestly. I, and, I, and I think it's taken me into the last couple of months to see that because I thought, oh, man, that beard, that's stupid, that's immature, shave all that off. What are you doing? Oh, you're, uh, you know, you, <laughs> you get in trouble for, going, for, for your road trips in Miami because you stay out all night uh, uh, entertaining the nightlife, understandably so. Okay, I thought, oh, this is not an immature player. But really... I think he is. I think he's a top level. I think he's still a top level player. And I think that we, that you have gotten it wrong over the last two years saying Joe Embiid has, or excuse me, James Harden has regressed and James Harden has been quote, a shell of himself. He hasn't been the same James Harden. He can't be the same James Harden. It's really just been about what the teams asked him to do. Did you see that uh, clip from ESPN right before game one, where they were literally laughing at the prospect of James Harden, uh, taking over game one and leading the Sixers to victory, which was then, of course, exactly what he did. But like the, the studio was literally th- all three people up there were laughing at the thought of James Harden taking over a game and leading the Sixers to victory, which he's now done twice. Is he not a series. top ten player in the league? I mean, okay, okay ten over, maybe normally, high. Normally, no, not this season. He is definitely not a top ten player. I think at the moment with the push he's making in the playoffs. I mean, he's pushing it. Like, as far as guys left in the playoffs, he's absolutely one of the ten most important guys. Right, but if you rolled the ball out, I mean, if you if 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 you had every NBA player in a one on one tournament, you rolled the ball out and said go. James Harden's making that last that last twenty, that last fifteen. He slides into the top twenty. Yeah, he he he, he's advancing himself. He's beating a a lot of those guys and, and advancing deep in that tournament. Now, you may not beat Jimmy Butler or LeBron James or this, that, and the other. He might come across a bad matchup and lose. But as far as a one-on-one player, you give him the ball and just watch his skills. Yeah, I think he is still in that top 15 range. And that's why, so you obviously had those two horrible games in between these two amazing ones. I think if you look at the difference in those games, those two games that they lost, it was they were trying to go back to Embiid. They were trying to make it about Embiid again, and Harden was like, all right, I had my game one, time to shine. Now we're going to, you know, I'm going to shoot some still, obviously, and he did not shoot well at all. He shot horribly. But I think that's part of why, like, I think it's mental. I think it's part of, you know, oh, I'm in a supportive role, so I don't really need to score like that. I'm just going to shoot occasionally if I make it whoop-de-doo, but I'm not taking over the game. He needs to take over the game while Embiid's hampered. 100%. I think uh, Joel Embiid and Doc need to keep going back to him before the game and say, you have the green light. You have the green light. If I am Joel Embiid and I only get my 50, and I only get 15 and 15, but you got 40 and 40 and 10, and we win, I don't care. Like winning is, uh, we'll, we'll go back to, I was listening to a conversation talking about uh, talking about Chris Bosh. Chris Bosh going down to uh, Miami, sacrificed a lot of his roles, uh, and basically played the third fiddle to LeBron and D-Wade. Well, what happened? They won two championships, they lost another two. Okay, well, in those two championships, they go to game seven uh, in the second championship, I believe, against the Spurs, right? And so they go, go to game seven, and what happens? Chris Bosh Chris has zero points. None. Zero points for their third best player. But what happens? They win the game. They win game seven. They are champions. And what do the photos say? Chris Bosh is showering himself in champagne. And like forever and ever and ever, you've got the ring that's on your shelf. And forever and ever and ever, you're a champion. And like, okay, sure, you didn't score in game seven. And and you played a supportive role. You had some blocks. You had a, he had a key, uh, he had the rebound and kick out to Ray Allen. So hello, you have a key rebound, a key assist that would have, you never would have won a championship without those two things. And so you think about Joel Embiid, it doesn't matter what you score. Look at your team. Go to Doc Rivers and say, look, we, we've beaten this Boston team, who is a real good team, twice when Embiid or when, when, when James Harden is our 1A. I'll play 1B. It's no problem. I've got that skill set. I mean, people forget Embiid, statistically at least, had an incredible game yesterday, too. Like, it wasn't like he totally disappeared. He's just a little hurt. You know, he still put up, I think, like, 35 and 15 almost like he went crazy Harden just went that extra level and it was enough to get them into overtime obviously Harden made that that layup that tied them to send them to overtime and then obviously hitting that three to put them ahead in overtime you know it's the usage it's the usage and it is and it's something that Harden has just gotten used to not being used at like traditionally like he's used to you know Harden was that big ball dominant dominant guy who kind of changed the game and Made it more about ISO, and I'm just going to pull up and launch threes in your face. Um, 
Embiid had 34 and 13 exactly. yesterday. Yeah, I mean, he had he had an incredible game, but by all metrics, he just down the stretch. I think people look at you know him getting double teamed and him just not being able to score when you know they needed to. But luckily, he had James Harden, and you know he was able to Harden was able to take over to put him into overtime, and then Harden was able to obviously get the kick out from a double teamed Embiid and hit that three to eventually win them the game. I mean. Harden just they've they've got to realize what's working for them and what's not and I mean I would hope Doc Rivers can figure it out I would hope I mean it's looking them right in the face but they if they want to beat they've got a chance to beat the Celtics this series as crazy as it is and if they want to they've got to recognize what is working for them all right to close this loop Joel Embiid yesterday took 26 shots to Harden's 23 the usage rate you, you, you basically you math that out. They uh, the 76ers had 91 shots throughout the game. So uh, Embiid was 28, 26% of their usage to James Harden's right at 25. They don't. It doesn't have to be. It doesn't have to be Harden way more. They just have to be similar. They just have to be very close. They just have to be enough to where all right. Embiid is not the number one guy where if we shut down Embiid, they don't have anything else. You have to keep Harden. And Maxi with 17 shots, so that's like 20%. That's like 18% of the other usage, something right there. I think that, that is, that's the recipe. That's the key to beating Boston. And Philly, golly, how many years have you been building, 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 building uh, for, 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 to have uh, a playoff exit? So come on, Philly, if you want to get over the hump, this is your time, and this is the recipe. Lean into James Harden. He is still that top 10 player, uh, top 15 player. And, and I think that if they play together, uh, then, then you will see, uh, I think Philly's going to advance. Right, let's, hit, let's hit our break right here. If we don't take a phone call on the Derry Daniel State Farm hotline, we'll flip to the other series, Suns and Nuggets, the Joker. A 50-burger with the rare side of loss. We'll talk about it on the other side. This is Cup of Joe, Midday Madness on Tide 100.9 probably seen their clothing around town on game days but check out Christopher Mobley on the strip it's luxury game day apparel redefined it's the only place in town where you can find Todd Hoops apparel clothing designed for the modern day entrepreneur golf enthusiast and athleisure fanatic they've got Peter Millar Viore Grayson and Mizzen and Main and if you haven't tried the Mizzen and Main dress shirts you've got to you can find them at 1410 University Boulevard on the strip also they've got a great e-commerce site at ChristopherMobley.shop so check out Christopher Mobley luxury game day apparel redefined My caretaker was very rough with me. I thought they did it because I wasn't moving fast enough. Elder abuse is a crime, and together we can stop it. If you or someone you know has been abused, neglected, or exploited, call the Adult Abuse Hotline at 1-800-458-7214. That's 1-800-458-7214. Sponsored by the Alabama Department of Human Resources, the Department of Justice, ADECA grant number 18-VA-VS-050, the ABA, and this station. Hey, this is Reagan, owner of R&R Cigars, the Cigar Mansion in downtown Tuscaloosa. Located at 2703 6th Street across from the home two suites. Come down to R&R and see why we're the ultimate cigar and bourbon experience. With over 165 bourbons and five private barrels, our selection of bourbon is unmatched. We have the best cocktails around and our cigar selection is legendary. Our lounge and service are world-class. Come and experience the luxury of the mansion and see why it's a world-renowned cigar and spirits destination. Want to know what's going on with the Crimson Tide? Download the Tide 100.9 app today. Sponsored by Derry Daniel State Farm Insurance. Go by and see him at 1214 McFarland Boulevard Northeast, right across the street from the Bamba. I think my man's is hiring if you want to get into the insurance games as well. So give him a call at 205-758-3391 and get a, be, a, be a part of Derek Daniels' great team today. All right, let's uh, finish this bad boy up. Only about 10 minutes left, 10, 12 minutes left on Cup of Joe. You can jump in on the Derek Daniels State Farm hotline at 205-342-9904. You want to touch on any of the Diamond Sports from the first segment, any of the NBA action in the second segment. We're going to continue the NBA talk right here, right now with our man, Nikola Jokic. 
Jokic Joker. Oh, man, the Joker. The rare 50-burger with a side of law. So the Nuggets yesterday... In game four against the against the Phoenix Suns, law, lose, and Jokic really had an amazing game, obviously. I mean, he, 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 we know he missed out on his, what, third or fourth straight MVP uh, this past year. He's an amazing player, 50-something points, and he looks... <laughs> What does he look like? He looks like he looks like your uncle in the churches in your church rec league play, play playing basketball. That's really kind of what he looks like to me. Fifty three points, eleven assists. He is everything for for the Denver Nuggets. But but what was what was interesting? What was fun? What was intriguing about this was the incident in the first half uh, with this, the new Suns owner Matt Ashiba. You all know it's not Robert Sarver anymore. It's Matt Ashiba. Uh, Robert Sarver ended up uh, having to sell the team amid racial issues, right? Racial and uh, sexual issues, wasn't he? Uh, yeah, he was not very nice to his lady employees, and he was very rude about uh, African Americans. So he had to sell the team. Uh, and so Matt Ashiba is the new the new Suns owner, and Matt Ashiba sitting in the corner uh, with about two two and a half minutes left in the in the, in, the, in the first half. The ball bounces into the corner. Nikola Jokic, the superstar of the NBA, or one of the biggest superstars in the NBA, goes over to the corner, tries to retrieve the ball. The ball is in Matt Ashiba's hands, the owner, and Jokic and Ashiba kind of, sort of, have a little wrestling match. Not really. That's overstated. That's overstated. Uh, Jokic put his hands on the ball that Ashiba already had, and there was a tug and a tug back, and kind of then at that point, Ashiba sat down. The owner sat down. Uh, the owner sat back down, and the fellow that he was with uh, did get dismissed from the game because I think the fellow that he was with uh, kind of reached in to try to try to, try to mm, shove Jokic away from the owner. So look, uh, you you have a little bit of. <laughs> Fan and player interaction, fan, uh, owner and fan interaction. Here's the bottom line. Suns owner Matt Ashiba says he does not want Jokic to be suspended or fined for the altercation on Sunday. I mean, it was so minor. Come on. It was minor. Uh, Ishiba tweeted, great win for the Suns last night in an amazing series so far. That should be and is the only story. Suspending or fining anyone over last night's incident would not be right. I have a lot of respect for Jokic, and I don't want to see anything like that. I am excited for game five. Go Suns. Isn't that a great reaction? I think that's perfect. I love it. I mean, I personally, when I, everything happened and every, you know, in the moment you see the flop, you know, they're talking about it on TV. They're speculating about suspensions already in the broadcast booth. <laughs> I just, I think everyone thought that with the flop and everything, he was going to try to milk it. He was going to try to, you know, push it as far as he could and be, oh, I was assaulted. I was, I was. <laughs> I mean, Jokic is not a small I need to guy. Press charges. Yeah. I mean, yeah. He's like seven foot, 280. So, <laughs> yeah. But, um, yeah, I think everyone thought he was going to try to be, you know, annoying about it and really milk it and try to push it and try to get Jokic suspended for a competitive advantage. It's nice to see a little change of pace. Someone kind of take a step back and be like, all right, common sense, guys. Come on. It's a basketball game. I grabbed a basketball. He reached for it. It all got blown out of proportion. No one deserves to be suspended or fined. I'm glad. I'm, you know, I'm happy. It's, it's good sportsmanship, you know. People forget about good sportsmanship nowadays, Joe. A hundred percent. I mean, the ball lands in the in the owner's lap. It's not like he went out on the court and tried to disrupt anything. And Jokic is it's the first row. It's, he's on the first row. It's not like he was. It's not like Jokic went up into the stands to go get the ball. It's on the very first row. And so this becomes what I think it is a no harm, no foul situation. And I think that's great. I think look, the owner got a little sweat on him, but ultimately, what what happened? Nothing. Jokic. Got a little face to face with the owner, but what happened? Nothing. Like everybody walks away, the game continues, and 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 we continue without our day. The most out of line person was the one fan who reached over and tried to hit Jokic's arm. (laughs) Truly, no no one was more out of pocket than that guy. And he was think you are immediately kicked out of the game. Uh, but this brings up, let's talk about on the court. Man, oh, Devin Booker. You bring up his great stat. Uh, 36.8 points per game in the playoffs. Devin Booker oh, oh, last night ends up uh, going absolutely insane. And yes, Jeff in Tennessee, this is for you. Your Kentucky man uh, went absolutely crazy last night for the Phoenix Suns. Devin Booker, as my box score is officially pulling up, went, oh, went 36 points, went 36 points, 12 assists, 6 rebounds on the game as the Suns win 129-124, and they needed every little bit of it. They needed every bit of it, every single time. Look, if I am Denver, I don't care what you do. 
whoever you're defending, Devin Booker, don't go away. Don't no, don't help off Devin Booker. Just just stay face guard, Devin Booker. Devin Booker and KD are turning into everything that Suns fans hoped they would, and the organization obviously hoped they would, and that you know people speculated they might. We hadn't really seen much, you know. Obviously, the trade happened somewhat late. KD was hurt for a while, um, but man, KD is he's functioning at a full level, and Devin Booker is, I mean. He's shades of prime mellow right now. 14 he for 18 from the floor. Yeah, he, and he's shooting more efficient than, I mean, we can even wrap our heads around. He is shooting at a ridiculously high number. I, I think I gave you the stat earlier. He's averaging, 60 like, something. he's averaging like 37 points per game on over 60% field goal percentage. Basically 62% field goal percentage. It's, un, it's, it's just crazy. He is, he's made me a believer. I wasn't the biggest Devin Booker fan. For years now, I mean, obviously he can light it up, but man, he is he is putting the Suns on his back, truly. Well, the NBA is back tonight with its uh, uh with its playoff series, and the these two series are the ones that I'm more interested in, in the one than the ones we just talked about. Heat Knicks tonight at six thirty, Warriors Lakers at nine o'clock. You're gonna get your doubleheader right there on TNT. Both series are two to one. Miami trying to take that chokehold lead on the Knicks. Sap, y'all gonna get back into it? I'm terrified. You're gonna get back into it. Last game, and I'm terrified, dude. I am terrified. This is a must-win game. I mean, there's no way around it. The Knicks might have the two, you know, home games, assuming we can make it to seven. But man, I'm terrified. It's just everything that I thought was gonna happen after the about game two is is happening. And man, Randall's got to step up. I'm terrified on your behalf, Julius Randall. It's time to go out and drop 30 and 15, 35 and 15. It's time. It's another Kentucky man, Jeff in Tennessee. Get you guys rallied up. No Tyler Hero tonight for the Miami Heat. Uh, he's been out with a broken, broken hand for uh, since, since the playoffs started. Look, I'm on, I'm on the other side. I'm sorry, Seth. I'm saying go Heat. Go Heat, uh, you know. And I wouldn't mind seeing LeBron and the Lakers put the Warriors into a 3-1 hole. That would be very entertaining to me to see if to see if Steph and company can get out of a 3-1 hole. Uh, it's been a lot of fun here on Cup of Joe today. Lots of recap on the NBA playoffs for the weekend. Lots of talk on the, the Diamond Sports, baseball and softball. You'll have baseball tomorrow night at 6 p.m. against Troy. Softball Wednesday, taking on the winner of Mississippi State and Missouri in the SEC tournament. Keep it locked in at Tide 100.9. We'll be live and local the rest of the day. My man's on Big Noon Sports, Matt uh, Matt. Coulter and Christian Miller are coming right up. We'll have Ryan Fowler on the game at 2 p.m. We'll do Stingray, Trent Richardson, and Chuck Oliver to shut it on down. Seth Chari, thanks so much for your help. That's going to do it for Cup of Joe.